0: You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church podcast. I have a friend who lives down in LA. He's just a a buff guy. He works out every day, at least an hour every day. And he said, I can't wait for 25 more days to come. I said, Why is that? He said, Because in 25 days, everybody that's packing the gym will be gone. He said, I can't get an elliptical. I can't get a treadmill. I I can't get any piece of equipment, but in 25 days, it'll all go back to normal and I'll keep working out. 80% of the resolutions that are made are not able to be kept by February 1, 80%. Now, you might ask about the 20%. Well, those are usually gone by February 15. So by February 15, uh, statistics show us that about 100% 100% of resolutions are gone. But we talked about setting really good goals, and I don't want to ask you how many of you did your homework. Uh, at the first service, there was just a handful of people. It made me feel kind of bad. But uh, if you were here last week, let's try it anyway. How many of you did, worked on goals? If you are here last week, you're, wow, look at this. And can I, can I tell you something? This is, this is true. You could ask Diane or Daryl. In the last service, this was the side that had most hands. So the most committed people, according to (laughs) statistics, plus or minus, sit over here. We looked at this passage last week, and I want to pick up on it this week. Luke chapter 2, 51 and 52, it says that he went down, referring to Jesus, with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased how? Let's read it. In wisdom and stature and in favor with... And? Okay. So we said to you last week, and if you weren't here, this will be a summary for you as well, that Jesus grew in wisdom. That's mental or intellectual growth. And we talked about the fact that if you're not a reader, maybe you'll start reading. Maybe you'll learn a foreign language. Maybe Rosetta Stone will become your friend. Uh, Maybe you'll learn to play an instrument. Or if you haven't played an instrument in years, maybe you did when you were younger, you'll pick it up again and, and try, try to make that clarinet squeak, you know? Uh, maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe you'll, you'll, you'll study something. Uh, I have a notepad that I'm keeping now for 2017. And in the notepad, I'm, I want to study certain things that I've not studied before, There are certain biblical passages that I've read and I'm kind of familiar with, but I don't know all the historical significance of why it says what it says. So I'm going to study that. I want to study the pyramids because I got to know how those guys put those big blocks way up there without hydraulics, without a crane. You know what I mean? Some of you say, well, pastor, they had these little ramps. They just rolled them up. Well, but I want to know. So I'm writing that. what's that going to do? That, that's going to take my brain and help me research things and stimulate my, my, my thinking. We talked about physical growth last week, and I was willing to touch this one where a lot of pastors that have a, a awesome physique like mine would want to just gloss over it. But I stopped for a bit, and we talked about getting physically healthy and how important that was. And I talked about the fact I'm a terrible example of that. Uh, but Daniel planned, and that's part of the reason we're pumping that, letting you know there's a place for you to go and to grow physically in the right way, because we could grow physically in the wrong way, can't we? Yeah, we know how to do that. So Jesus grew in favor with God, and that was spiritual growth, and then Jesus grew in favor with men, and that's social growth, encouraging some of you to get rid of some relationships that you have. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future, and to maybe start some brand new ones. Um, In February, we're going to start some small groups. And maybe some of you have never, ever ventured into a small group setting. We want to encourage you to do that. And some of you that are very quiet and shy and introverted, I know that this is hard for you. Yeah, If you're shy, I I get that. I'm really shy too and and quiet and introverted. But but I know that some of you wrestle with that. But how could God use you this year to, to expand your social growth, your social sphere, and you don't just do it on—excuse me for saying this—social media, because that's easy. I, I like it. I like it. It's nice here. Look at me. Here we are. You know, here we're eating a burrito. Watch us. Uh, but, but, no. Somebody went Facebook Live the other day. We we're eating a burrito and sauce. That was—they wanted that to be news to the world. But, but for you to have a face-to-face encounter. Um, Last week, we talked about the one-anothers in the scripture as well, and and there were lists that were available in the guest services. There are still some there for you if you want to get the 59 one-anothers in the New Testament. And The majority of the one-anothers cannot be done over the internet or over a text. It has to be face-to-face, so that's something we want to talk about, but I want to key in on this one about spiritual growth, and I need to warn you that, oh, I've got about uh, 34 minutes and I have about uh, three hours of sermon. So I don't know why I torture myself this way or torture you, but I just want to tell you that we've got a lot to talk about today, and I'm not bringing you a seminar. I, I want to bring you the depth of Scripture, and I want to warn you with a capital W that there's going to be some things that are going to just rub you the wrong way. So let's get that over with. So we're all cool with that, right? Oh, by the way, what's going to rub you the wrong way is not going to be what I say. It's going to be what the Bible tells us. Um, There are passages in the scriptures that we don't want to look at sometimes, but today I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Growing up uh, in my house in Burbank, California, we had a really large backyard. Um, Actually, the street we lived on used to be horse property with horse stables and a lot of people uh, cleared the old stables out when they decided not to have horses. And we had a lot of property. And we had uh, apricot trees. We had a banana tree, believe it or not. We had figs, all kinds of figs. My mom had a garden with fresh rosemary. And if you've ever done rosemary, it just grows like a weed. But then we had fresh basil and fresh oregano because she's a ma- just an amazing cook, you know. And we had all that growing. And, and we had peppers uh, in the yard. And we had corn. and and And... Once I think I was about, oh, in the fourth grade or so, um, I got the Saturday detail of picking weeds. And I want to confess to you that I'm a no-good weed picker. I don't like picking weeds. Most people don't like picking weeds. And I realized the reason my parents had me pick weeds is they didn't like to pick weeds either. (laughs) No one likes to pull weeds, but everyone wants to have a beautiful garden. No one wants to do the hard work to have a spiritual life that's just flowing with, with the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, everybody wants that, but no one wants to do the hard work. And I want you to think about your life as a garden today, your, your life as a garden. And just wonder how many gardeners we have here, people that grow your own stuff. I need to be careful when I say grow your own stuff, but grow, <laughs> grow your own stuff. Yeah. Somebody sent me an email to remind me that you can now grow your own stuff in California. I'm not here to be critical, but if you grow your own weed, I think you still have to pull weeds. I don't know. I'm not a purveyor of such things. But anyway, seriously now, seriously now, uh, you know that, that weeds will come and there are noxious weeds. There are some weeds that actually look nice. They're deceptive. They have little flowers on them. Little dandelions can have some beautiful flowers on them. And in our culture, there are weeds, spiritual weeds, that are glamorized by our culture, by our commercials that we uh, get to see, and by things that are written, and by movies. But in Galatians 5, before he talks about the fruit of the Spirit, verse 1, 22, and 25, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I just need you to know my prayer for you, is that you would really, in 2017, walk in the freedom that Christ has made available to us the freedom from the past, the freedom from from past pain and hurts, the freedom from names that we were called, the freedom from our own insecurities, the freedom from our hurts, habits, and hangups, and our addictions, and the freedoms from the same rotten, stinky attitudes that rise up in all of us. Come on, man, because we got this thing called the, the, the flesh. And Jesus grew even though he was God and he was perfect. And I think the part that 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 lets us know that he had to grow is because he was wrapped in humanity. And it was that human part he had to deal with, just like you. Isn't it interesting that the New Testament tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way as we are? So he understands what it's like to be tempted, but he didn't fall to temptation. That's the only difference. And he goes on to say in, in in, in Galatians 5.1, I, I just want you free. Stand then firm in the freedom that you have and don't be burdened again like a yoke of slavery. You know what a yoke is. A couple, a couple donkeys get into a yoke. A, a couple oxen get into the big wooden yoke, as it were, and pull the wagon or pull the plow through the field. And he says, I don't want you to get bang, banged up with the yoke of slavery that keeps you bound. In other words, I just want you to be free to produce what I'm about to tell you. And he says, here's what I want you to produce in freedom. As much love as you want by the power of the Spirit. As much joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And notice this, Against there is, there's no law. There's no speed limit on how much you produce. There's no cargo load or limit on how much you can carry on board with you. Just put the pedal to the metal and just love people and and have so much joy in your heart and peace in your heart and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. But those don't happen if you're not willing to pull out the weeds that choke out the work of the Spirit inside of us. You can't grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life until you pull the weeds of the sinful nature. Uh... A dad came to me and said, "Uh, my daughter's 11. I said, good for you. And he said, "Um, all of a sudden, there's a rebellion that's rising up in her. We have not seen before. (laughs) I said, well, how lucky are you? 11? I mean, usually, you know, around two it shows up, right? That's why they're called the terrific twos. I mean, the terrible twos, right? And uh, she's starting to flex her flesh muscles, and rebel, and disobey, and be arrogant. And she's been caught in several lies lately at 11. Uh. See, you need to understand that all she is doing is demonstrating her sinful nature. And her dad said to me, really? Really? that's your answer? I said, yeah. And they're reading books about parenting and how to make sure that your child shines before the Lord. (laughs) And I said, that's good, but but please remember this. Just like you have a battle between your sinful nature and your divine nature, so does she. And when you pray with her, she's going to love those prayers, but part of her is going to defy those prayers. Because all the things that are godly War against the things that are ungodly. So her dad said, you mean this is a spiritual thing? Partly. Partly it's hormonal. (laughs) Partly it's a human condition. And partly is you remind her of what is right and righteous. And when you want to exercise your flesh, you rebel against what is right and righteous. So dad, in a sense, you represent God to her. And she don't like you. And he said, whoa, what kind of counseling is that? I said, excellent counseling. <laughs> because we fight the battle, don't we? Today I will, and then all of a sudden we don't. And, and when you read about, about trying to pull weeds out of your life, we think about the Apostle Paul. You know, in Romans time, if you were a murderer, and sorry for being graphic this morning, but if you were a murderer, they would take the corpse and tie it to your back and walk you around the city square so everybody got to see what you did and who you killed. And you would die if you cut off the corpse off the back of the murderer. You'd be sentenced to death yourself. Now, what do you think was on your back? A decaying, decrepit, smelling corpse. And Paul the apostle When he says in Romans, that's why it's good to find out what the context of a scripture is. In Romans 7, he says, Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me out of this body of death? And he's talking about the very thing of having death on his back, or a monkey on his back, or a corpse on his back. Who's going to cut off the death out of my life? And he stops, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I of myself with the mind, with the mind indeed, serve the law of God. But the flesh, with the flesh, serves the law of what? Of sin. Paul is telling us there's two wars going on here. And he, the writer of Galatians, who talks about the fruit of the Spirit, will tell us that there's this this, this product that comes out of our lives when we are filled with the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit live out in us. But there's also this thing called death. Now, many of us have wrestled with, and you, you, you deal with this yourself, okay? Many of us have wrestled with the weeds in our garden, and some of the weeds that we have have become our friends. We even call them by name. Some of our dysfunction has become our function. <laughs> Sorry. Some of our dysfunction becomes our new normal. That's just the way it is. That's just the way grandpa is. That's just the way, don't bring that up around grandma because, excuse me for saying this by the way, don't bring that up about grandma because she don't like black people or Mexicans. Good morning. I think you should invite all the blacks and Mexicans over next time you have a party with grandma (laughs) and help her pull her weed out of her garden. I don't like people who like those people, you people, but come on. And I'm praying that our church, listen, I'm praying that our church, some of you aren't going to like what I'm going to say next, but that's okay. I'm praying that our church will pull out any roots out of our hearts, out of our congregational life that isn't of the Holy Spirit. And to say to the Holy Spirit, you have carte blanche on our marriage if you're married, you have carte blanche on all my relationships, you have carte blanche on how I treat my parents if you're a young person, you have carte blanche on how I treat my kids. God, you have carte blanche in my garden by the power of the Holy Spirit to help me together in collaboration to pull all the weeds out that will not produce the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You guys know this by experience. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Well, listen. Listen. When I turn on TV, it seems like I'm supposed to do whatever I want. It seems like the weeds in the garden are glamorized by the world around us. If it feels good, baby, just do it. Don't deny yourself anything of what you want. And by the way, if anything that you decide to do with your life isn't in the Bible, we'll just make a law and then everyone will have to agree with the law that we made. We'll just change the book. In other words, God, you don't know that much. We're just going to rewrite this. And all the thou shalt nots will become whatever we feel like, baby. Because we don't want to deny ourselves, but the Bible tells us to deny our, ourselves. The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And that's how we get, get stuck. So, have, have you seen cage fighting? I don't watch it much, but have you seen it? I know we got a couple shots. Some of you say, oh, I can't believe he showed that. Uh, yeah, I, equal time, men and women. These men and women go into a cage and beat the tar out of each other. And people have died doing this. I know some of you love it, and you, you, you go to places to watch it, and some of you pay-per-view. and watch. I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. But I want you to just see that for a moment, just kind of let it sear in your mind. This is a physical picture of the spiritual warfare that goes on in our soul all the time. Some of us need to kick in the head some of our bad attitudes. And by the way, don't don't look at the pastor. He's all, I don't have this mastered, but I'll tell you what I did this week. I wrote down stuff that you're going to write down, uh, hopefully in your homework, the weeds that need to go in, in my garden. So a husband comes to me and tells me, and I'm going to keep this on the PG here because it's actually a little more PG-17 or something. Uh, so I'm going to keep it on the PG because I see some of the youngers in here. Uh, but I'm just going to tell you, a guy comes to me and says, Pastor, uh, I have fallen out of love with my wife. We have decided that we're going to get a divorce. And, uh, but before we do, we thought we'd come to you and at least give you a shot with us. Wow. They already got the papers ready to go, right? So see if you can help us out. So I I met him at a coffee shop in in town. Um, Starts with an S, but not Starbucks. And anyway, uh, and boy, they had really good coffee, by the way, on the south side of town. And uh, it was good. It was good. So anyway, anyway, sorry. So now that I got your attention, let me tell you what happened. So he says to me, I've I've fallen out of love with my wife. I'm just not attracted to her anymore. And I want you to know, when I come to church on Sunday uh, during singing, I'm not a big singer, and you guys sing up there. I don't sing much, but while you're singing, I'm praying, Lord, uh, rekindle my love for my wife. Now, I just got to tell you, I'm a lousy counselor. So you don't don't even call and make a poll. You don't want to see me. I'm horrible. First of all, I don't want to hear it when you were five years old. I don't. I don't. I'm just not good at it. I just thought I'd confess to you I'm not good. Not all pastors are good counselors, but I was good that day. And I said to him, I said to him, interestingly, as you're telling me you've fallen out of love with your wife, you have watched every woman walk in this coffee shop from head to toe. You have checked out every female that's walked in here. I I, I wonder if you've got a lust problem. And he said to me, why did I call you? I said, listen, I just want to ask you a hard question. And we can make this apply to the sermon. If you're trying to love your wife and be attracted to the beauty of your wife, and you have a lust problem, you're not going to be able to do both. Because your lust is going to war against your vow that you made on the day you got married. till death do us part, richer or poorer, skinnier or fatter, (laughs) uglier or prettier. Come on. And I said, can I ask you a couple questions? Honestly, I mean, you're on your way to divorce court anyway. I might might as well go for it. What well, do I got to lose? And he paid for the coffee, so I figured let's do it. <laughs> and I said to him, what, where does your mind go during the day? What do you look at on the internet? What do you think about when you see women like the 12 who just walked in the Starbucks? Or Southside? What do you think about it? I said, as long, listen, as long as you have the weed of lust in your heart, the fruit of love for your wife will never grow. Now, I'd love to tell you that he turned his whole life around. You know, pastors love these stories, and we're evangelistic when we speak. You know, everything worked out great, and 9,000 people came to know Jesus because of that day at the coffee shop. No. He decided to walk down a pathway of lust and perversion and decided to get a divorce. And I saw him recently after he's been promiscuous and had all kinds of women in his apartment because she took the house. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> be careful. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, How, how's, how's it going? And he looked tired. And he looked like the flesh had wore him out. And here's what he said. So this might be a note to somebody, note to self, right? If I could only go back and live for Jesus and follow the Bible and stay married to my wife, if I could only go back. Now, where did, where did he, he go wrong? He, he went wrong when he wouldn't pull out the weeds. Oh, but, but ladies, you're not off the hook here because I saw a gal open up her cell phone the other day and she had a picture of a guy on it and it's not her husband. Sorry. And I said, who, who's that? She told me it was, some famous star. If I said his name, you'd go, whoa. And, and I said, well, he's a hunk. And your husband's a chunk. And I, and I just said, I couldn't believe I said this. I, maybe I'm getting older and bolder. I couldn't believe I, I, I said this. What does your husband feel every time you open your phone? You have some other dude on there who wouldn't give the time of day to you. But in your fantasy mind, ooh, he's hot. No, we just don't know We say little things like that. Well, that dude's hot. Or you go to the movies and that part, the, the, the film and the romance part, and you're just going. You're sitting with your husband, and he's eating all the popcorn, and you're looking at the dude, and you go, oh my gosh. Look at look at that. And the devil is going, oh, keep looking. No, he's saying keep keep looking. And the devil's selling popcorn to all the demons that are watching. Because <laughs> you're the no, you're the film they watch. Keep looking. Keep 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 looking. So you cannot ask God to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life if you're not willing to deal with the weeds of the sinful nature. It doesn't happen. I told you this wouldn't be an easy sermon. So, how about this? This is your homework to grow. What are the weeds of the sinful nature that need to be uprooted so that the Spirit can grow in your life? And there's blanks there. Don't do it now because people are near you. <laughs> but do it. See, I, I, I've already done it, and my list is pretty long. There's not enough blanks. You know, I, I don't have time to tell you. Tell them what I told at 8 o'clock, but, but, there, but there's stuff I've got to pull. You've got to pull it out. Now, notice what he's going to say here in Galatians 5, verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. By the way, they are obvious. We've all seen the flesh in operation in ourselves and in others. Usually we can point it out in others quicker than ourselves. You know, gossip, anger, hatred, malice. And notice what he says. I mean, he goes for the juggler. This is the Apostle Paul. Don't get mad at me. This is the Bible sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. And you're just kind of going, whoo, whoo. I'm okay so far. And then he throws in something like hatred, hmm? discord. In other words, you like to cause division in people, discord. Uh, Oh, here's one. I mean, you got look. He starts with sexual immorality, and he goes, "How about jealousy?" Huh? He is covering the gamut: fits of rage, selfish ambition, <laughs> dissensions, faction, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Somebody goes, "Whoo!" I'm safe on that one, you know. And then he says this, and and the like. In other words, anything that comes from the spirit of evil or anything that comes out of your flesh and the like, I warn you as I did before, that those who live like this will not enter the kingdom of God. Those aren't the people that are kingdom-minded people. Those aren't people that have come under the kingship of Jesus Christ. And the first word he deals with, let me give you some commentary here. He deals with sex outside of marriage, and I know somebody's going to get mad at me. But I'm sorry, the Bible calls it fornication. So don't send me any hate mail, please, because I'll send it right back to you. <laughs> so here's what, here's what this means. Any sex between a husband, uh, any sex that is not, not, not between a husband and a wife is included in this word and is translated sexual immorality. And you're going, oh, good, good. Then he goes to impurity. See, sexual morality has to do with the physical acts, but impurity has to deal with our mind or my friend at the South Coffee Shop. It is lust. It's not physically involving another party, but it's involving your mind and your thoughts and your entertainment. It's impure. And then the third word, the NIV translates debauchery, which really means I live for sexual pleasure. I do whatever I want to do, and I cast off all my restraint, and I don't care about my responsibilities. Or God, I just want to have what I want to have. And that's the garden that our world has glamorized. Don't you dare deny yourself. If it feels good, do it. And if you want to do it, do it. And care less about Bible and God and all the consequences. Just do whatever you feel like. Doing and then he goes on and he lists witchcraft and and by the way, under that witchcraft has to do with things like we can't walk under a ladder because mirrors will break and cats will come out of the sky that are black. I mean that that's old wives' tales. You know, I broke a mirror and somebody just screamed, bloody murder, right? This that. it's okay. Here, come pick up the glass, you know. They didn't want it Idolatry. And then he said, Galatians 5:20. and and the like. So whether you are pulling the weeds of the sinful nature or growing the fruit of the Spirit, it is done by, catch this, the power of the Holy Spirit. See, there is a a, a thing that I alluded to in our greeting time. It's called self-sanctification, that people believe that God is not enough, that Jesus is not enough. I need to do something else It's salvation plus my works. I'm just telling you that the fruit of the Spirit cannot be produced by you. They're produced by you in collaboration with the Spirit. It's the Spirit in you and through you that produces love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, patience, meekness, temperance. Against that, there is no law at all. So I say, walk by the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, Many years ago, when I was was young and handsome. There was, um, well, you saw the Rose Parade. I, I saw it. And I was real proud of our friend Bill Brown and the sheriff's unit from Santa Barbara County that got to ride their horses. the parade first time ever, and that was cool. But I got to march in the Rose Parade, man. It's five and a half miles, and I was there on my drum, and I was doing my thing. In the first mile, man, I was cool, flipping my mallets in the air with the leather straps, man. The cheerleaders were all, whoo, whoo, and the first mile. Second mile, and then 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 you get judged. The judges are there, and you gotta every left, right, left, and then you gotta turn perfectly. Five and a half miles, friends. That's a long stinking parade. We had the little Lompo parade, people like, "Ah, get the oxygen in the water for all the kids. It's like three blocks, you know. So anyway, (laughs) five and a half miles. But I got to tell you, by mile five, nobody wants left, right, left. You know, everybody's leaning, in, and the cheerleaders are drooping, and, right? Because we don't, we, you, you kind of lose. But you can do that spiritually, too. I start out with God, in step with the Lord. And then I, I, I start getting a little sloppy. I, I, I start getting a little weary. And he's calling us to walk with him, in step, in step, in step. And he says in Galatians 3.3, hey, are, are you now foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit with your relationship with God, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Don't you dare do that. You have to make room for living in the Spirit and walking in step with the Spirit and trying to listen to his cadence of left, right, left. No, let's go here. This is where I'm moving. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying to do with your kids. Parents, listen to this part. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you trying to produce in my child? I mean, I would pray and fast over that question. What are you trying to produce in my kid? Because I want to partner with you, God, and together we'll see the fruit of the Spirit lived out in their life. Well, I got plans for my kid. My kid's going to be what I want him to be. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I want my son to be an architect. He became a fireman. Good luck with that. Huh? You know, my dad wanted me to be a businessman. He cried when I went to Bible college. He cried. But son, you come from Jewish stock. We've got to own a business. You gotta, you be a CPA, you count other people's money. Doesn't be a good thing for you? I became a pastor. Much to the chagrin of my Jewish family. But that's what God was doing with me. So You would do well to find out what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you. So living by the Spirit in my last seven minutes that I have... two hours more material, but seven minutes. Living by the Spirit requires a continual awareness and consistent prayer. That's how you find out what the step is. A continual awareness. What am I becoming? And by the way, in your life, if you want to know what's in your garden, ask some godly friends who are near you. You see any weeds in me? See where my attitude's gone bad? You see where my, my my tone gets a little arrogant or a little abrasive? Or, or somebody asks me a question, and I say, yeah, 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 and you walk away from them. Watch yourself, because people do that. I've asked people questions. Hey, I got one more thing. See you later. You know, I always have one more thing, but see you later. See you later. Or you're not engaged in the moment. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Uh My good friend Wayne Cadero, I just, I love Wayne. He's one of the guys that speaks into my life and asks me questions that I wish he wouldn't ask. But he helps me with the weeds in my garden. You know, I had a friend of mine call me the other day, and as we're in a conversation, he says, Bernie, you sound tired. Do you get enough rest? Well, sure. My name is Fetterman, synonymous with Superman. I don't need to sleep, (laughs) I live in the spirit. And he said, you sound tired to me. You get enough rest. And I kept moving on. Didn't want to talk about that. But then as I looked at my schedule the last few weeks, I realized I didn't have any rest, nor did I have any Sabbath at all. And I started getting a little cranky. How do you do when you don't get any rest or get to go play? You know, just take a guy who likes to go golfing and tell him he can't golf for three months and see how he does. It'll drive him crazy. I promise you i got to get on the links. Even though he can't golf very well and loses more balls than he saves, you know. Amen. It is, this is what Wayne says, it is not sin that destroys us. It's unresolved sin. It's unconfessed sin. Because God knows we're going to sin. God knows we're going to fail. It's not the failing that destroys us. It's the fact we won't admit that we failed that destroys us. It's not the bad attitude you had last week that's going to destroy you. It's the continual bad attitude that will eventually destroy you. If you don't pull the weed, pull the weed out. Pray for a discernment to identify the weeds and the courage from the Holy Spirit to remove them. Discernment, that's the word awareness. And then pursue a continual awareness of what the Holy Spirit is doing so you can keep in step with him. Start praying this way. What are you about today, Holy Spirit? What are you wanting to do through my life today? In my relationship, in in, in my marriage, if you're married, in my parenting, if you're a parent, how you react to your parents, if you're a kid. I mean, come on, all these things, Lord, how, how do you want me to change today? What weeds are in my garden that need to be pulled? Because I want to be about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, and the rest. Second thing is, living by the Spirit requires guarded thinking. Guarded thinking. Romans 8, 5 to 7 says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the, what the flesh desires. Yeah, I'm just going to let my mind go wandering. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Let me tell you, you can't have your mind set on spiritual things if you don't have this word going into you. It's going to tell you. Proverbs 4 says guard your heart, it's the wellspring of life. Romans 8 says guard your brain, your thinking, get rid of stinking thinking. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. People I just want more life and peace. I just want more, more life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So when someone walks up to you and says, hey, I got a juicy story to tell you. You ought know, to ask this, is it about somebody? Well, yeah, it's about Joe Blow. Well, let's call Joe Blow and get him here, and you can tell me the story in front of him. <laughs> They're not going to tell you the story with Joe Blow. By the way, if they gossip to you, they gossip about you to somebody else. thought I'd tell you that. If you want to find out if your friend's tr- trustworthy or not, make up a story that's not true, and tell them, shh, don't tell anybody, and then go ask five of their closest friends, if you hear this story, please call me. and you'll find out if they're trustworthy or not. I've done this before. It's very effective. You go, know, pastor, I can't believe he would do that. Yeah, absolutely. You got you to test the confidentiality before you give somebody your confidence. I told a guy something about, yeah, I'm going to be the president of Foursquare and the missions director, and I'm going to be in charge of everything at Angeles Temple. I'm taking over the Dream Center in Los Angeles. It's a stupid story. I'm going to be on TV now, and TBN's going to have me on other broadcasts. So I'm going to be the main preacher. But don't tell anybody, it's a secret. Within five hours, 11 people knew. And the 11th guy says, Hey, I know this is a bunky story, man. There's no way they would pick you for all that. <laughs> to which I called up my friend and said, April Fools in August. You bit at the line secret. Please remind me never to tell you anything. That's confidential. And so I don't. He don't talk to me anymore. That's fine. He was a weed in my garden. Now he's not there. Living by the Spirit requires guarded thinking. Somebody's got a dirty story to tell you. Pass it by. Somebody wants to say something bad about somebody. Pass it by. Somebody wants to make a Trump joke, pass it by. He's going to be your president. Pass it by. Just pass it by. Oh, but let me tell you what I'm thinking about. Just pass it by. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Listen, I'm praying that you have freedom, life, and peace. That's my prayer for you. Let's have our, our minds guarded. What you allow into your mind is going to feed your sinful desires or feed the Spirit, but both are going to call to be fed. Your Spirit wants to be fed with things of God. And your flesh wants to be fed with things of the devil. It's up to you. I love what Craig Massey said. There are are two natures that beat within my breast. One is foul, the other blessed, the one I love, the one I hate, but the one I feed will dominate. It's up to you what you do. And last but not least, we will be done when we're done. Living by the Spirit means that you die to yourself. Galatians 5:24. But those who belong to Jesus Christ have what? Crucified. Would you see yourself sometimes going to the cross and dying to yourself, dying to attitudes, dying to just thoughts that you have about yourself or thoughts that you have about others that aren't right? And if there are weeds in your garden, then you have to die to denial. Dealt with somebody about five years ago. They were living in denial. You know what denial is. It's a river and denial. And and if you live in denial, guess what? We won't pull the weeds. What if we just said, Lord, you have carte blanche to our garden. And we are, Colossians 3, 5, going to put to death there for whatever belongs to our sinful nature. And we are going to rise up and bear much fruit because the world desperately needs to see us filled with the Spirit, and see love, joy, and peace flowing out of our lives. And if they can't see it, they'll never believe. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church, or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.